Welcome to Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. I'm Bailey Bennett. I'm Grant Jacoby. Grant, <laughs> whenever we record, there's like throughout the week, I, I keep like writing things down in my phone that I want to like banter about when we mm-hmm. get to the episode and then I completely forget about them. But today, I just want to read a few of them to you. Okay. I was, I was going to say, well, if you if you write them down, then you can't forget about them. That's the whole point. I know. I do the same but thing, but it's usually like, about like bitches I want to talk about. <laughs> It's been like seven weeks. Badass bitches. Sorry if this is your first episode and I'm just like, oh boy. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so what I I have written down here, baby leashes. (laughs) Do you have thoughts? (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned that because that concept just came up the other day at school. Mm -hmm. And one of my uh, colleagues or classmates, Mm -hmm. he's he's around our age. He's a little older Uh and he has a couple children. Yeah. We're talking about baby leashes for some reason. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, I've totally used them. And we were like, what? And he was like, well, when you're at, like, a Disney World, you've got, like, two rambunctious, like, three and five-year-olds. It makes it, like, really useful. (laughs) It's kind of like, well, I would still, like, be at also a Disney World, like, judging you so hardcore. It's just fucking weird. It's very bizarre. But where, where I live in Brooklyn, it just so happens that I think there's, like a few different daycare centers or elementary schools around here that use, you know, the ones where it's like a oh, long the, oh, leash yeah. and they have all like a little handhold and it's yeah. just the whole class walking together. I love that. Yeah. It's fucking cute. I don't even like children and I love, I love a oh, bunch of babies same. on it. Like I don't ever want one in my womb, but like I do want to see one holding a leash on the side yes. of the road. <laughs> um, what else do you have? An- another thing that I wrote down is left and right tats. Let me explain. Okay. Apparently, I felt like I needed to tell you this. When I was on the subway the other day, I saw a man who had two tattoos. One was an L and one was an R. <gasps> and it was just behind his left ear and his right ear. Oh, no. And I was like, for what reason would you possibly? Are <laughs> you going to say like on his hands so you no. could like tell his right and left and be like, that's sad. No, that would be actually sad. This is just pointless. Like just you need to remember which ear is which, but you can't, can't even see them. I mean, it's just like for other people's pleasure because it's not giving me any pleasure. Controversial statement, but aren't all tattoos a little pointless? Ooh, Ooh. hot take. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, please feel free to email us about that. No, no, no. I'm, that was that was actually a joke because I, I think that tattoos can be really, really beautiful. Um, oh, totally. But but in the wrong place, wrong context. Like, I feel yeah. like there are certain tattoos you see that you're like, oh my God. Like we've, t- we've talked about our friend Trudy, who is just like a true artist when it comes to tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, for, for every person like her, like who like mm. creates body art, there's someone who you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. like, why did you need that yeah. on your face? And I also, <laughs> yes, I also, I have, a, I have a thing about tattoos because I have such an obsessive personality. Like I become completely entranced with things like Buffy, for example. What? Where, Weird. <laughs> didn't know that about you. You didn't? Um, where I'll be so, so into them for like a few months or weeks or years or like with Buffy for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like I could easily convince myself to get a tattoo of something that I'm not going to even care about or like in like a few weeks time. And then be like, why the fuck did I put this on my body permanently? And like, there's something to be said for like, if you have the like balls and the strength to do that and be like, yeah, I'm going to 
I'm going to just decide that I want this forever. Then yeah. like, good for you. But I just, uh, I can't do it. I, I feel similarly. I, th- I think that I'll probably get a tattoo at some point in my life, but I don't know when that will be. I don't know what it will be of. Yeah. I really just want to pierce my nose. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been. I would love that. Well, I, d- I don't want a stud. I want like a, a hoop. A hoop. Ooh. But I'm too scared to do you it. You can so. pull it off. Yeah, maybe. maybe get a one fake d- one and like see how you feel. That's that's actually a good that's a good idea. Yeah, no problem. We'll I give great advice. <laughs> why are we why, here? Yeah, why are you listening to this podcast? Because I give great advice. Exactly. Um, the last thing I want to tell you is that sorry, I've just completely no, taken over this conversation. The last thing I want to tell you is one of our listeners and a friend of mine texted me the other day with an article that said transitions contact lenses have been approved by the FDA and I promptly died. Oh my God. (laughs) If you've been here from the beginning listeners, I think it was episode four. I gave you guys my three cardinal complaints, like my biggest pet peeves of life. Number one of which being transitions lenses, Mm -hmm. which are those stupid fucking glasses that turn dark when you go outside and then turn into regular glasses inside. Like no one needs that. And now they have contacts that do that. Well, at least that you're not going to notice. Well, I hope not. Like, what Whether if your, your eyes, eyes turn, turn black? black. <gasps> I, mm. I don't think so. But like, if they did, I would actually be into it if they did yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be right on yeah. brand. Very demonic. So I just, those are the topics I needed to do. Incredible. Well, speaking of uh, viewers like you, mm-hmm. I believe you have. Oh, yeah. Should to- I just keep talking? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'm telling the story this week, so okay. I got to save up my uh, all of my ums and likes, which I know that oh, you yeah, all, all love the mouth hearing. noises. Oh yeah, one thing I did want to say about that scream episode: could we have had more mouth noises? I'm no, so sorry, but we also were we were drinking, we were drinking. <laughs> which, bubbly, like fizzy drinks. Yes. What did we think was going to happen? Also, as I was walking over here today, I was like, "Oh, like we're not going to get drunk while we do this." <laughs> I mean, we could just get drunk every week. I don't know. Uh, That sounds exhausting. You're right. We'll do it again. Also, thank you, everyone who participated in our little poll. Oh, yeah. Instagram asking about the Scream episode. Um, It was nice to hear that the majority of you enjoy. Yeah. When we we talk about film and TV stuff, which we obviously love. We love doing. um, We probably, I don't think it's going to be something that's a regular occurrence, but like, you know, every... Every handful of episodes or so, or when every the so often, yeah, when the the fancy strikes us, yeah, that's this. That's definitely the expression. Is it? No. Okay. Okay. So before we get to the main story, we have a spooky ghost story from a listener today. Um, Nicole sent us this probably a few weeks ago, um, but she says. My best friend and I were having a sleepover when we were about 13 or 14. We thought it would be fun to sleep in her parents' RV that was parked in their fenced-in backyard. Oh, no, no, no. It would not be fun. I don't think it would be fun. So her dad ran an extension cord from the garage to power it up. We plugged in a CD player for some music and settled in. We decided that this would be the perfect time to try automatic writing, which I don't know what that, do you know what that is? No. I don't know what that is. Okay. Writing like? Automatic um, writing. Like it's capitalized, like it's a thing. Like W writing or R writing? W writing. Okay. Whatever. Um, and to use the Ouija board. Mm. The automatic writing was a bust, so we don't, must even, be some... we don't even need to know. I don't know. Should Could we look it up? up? No, let's not. <laughs> 
It's like we both have computers in front of us. We're not doing it. Um, So we switched to the Ouija board and started asking the standard questions like anyone there and who are you? We got an answer. Oh. Though 15 years later, neither of us can remember exactly what it was. Are you kidding? I know, like seriously. But it transitioned into us being sarcastic and taunting the board. Don't, don't do that. Um, that's when the CD player that we were listening to turned off along with the rest of the power to the RV. Oh, we ran into the house and she told her dad who went to check it out. The lights in the garage that was powering the RV were on and the extension cord was still plugged in. So we couldn't find a reason why the power would have went out. We slept in the house that night. I mean, good decision girls. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I looked up automatic writing just to fucking okay, defy fine. you. Um, it says automatic writing or, or psych, psychography is a claimed psychic ability allowing a person to produce written words oh. without consciously writing. The words uh, arise from a subconscious spiritual, spiritual or supernatural source. This happens on a TV show, but I can't, I don't know what it is. Cool. Cool. Great. Bye. Um, oh no, you know what it is? It's the psychic twins on YouTube. What? What is that? I think. The psychic there's, twins? There's like these twins that are allegedly psychic. Oh. And... They do this thing. Yeah, it's like you grab, you have a piece of paper and a pen and you just like start, you like write, do a bunch of circles and then mm-hmm. it starts turning into something. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so my friends had had a few experiences in that house and her parents had actually seen an apparition. Sometimes my friend would be hanging out in her room and would suddenly feel a presence. She'd scream as a reflex and the feeling would be gone. Other times she'd be laying on the bottom bunk of her bed reading a book and she'd feel water splash in her face. Oh. That is not cool. <laughs> I don't like it. And just then, add just water out of nowhere. Yeah, that's, that's scary. That's gross. And disgusting. In the middle of the night one night, both her mom and dad saw a man standing by the closet in their bedroom. Mm. Of all things, he was ver- wearing a very retro powder blue tuxedo and ruffled <laughs> shirt. Thinking about it now, both of us realized that maybe it was that spirit that ruined our party in the RV that night. And the, oh. the subject line of her email was fashion challenged ghost ruins the party. <laughs> That's incredible. Right. Um, I, I think there's a lot to unpack in that story I between know. the wardrobe choices and right? the mysterious ghost water. Yep. Have you ever used a Ouija board? I, if I have, I don't remember. Oh my God. I feel like you would remember. Well, I definitely had one in my house growing up, but uh-huh. I, feel, I feel like it was the kind of thing you would do in like sixth grade and like someone would just be like fucking with you and like push it around. That's not the experience I had. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know this story. No, I don't think I've ever talked about it. I did the Ouija board in high school. When Alone? I, no. Oh. I, I was with like, it was actually scarier because I was with like 10 people. It was like a big group. And I went to this weird fucking prep school and we did it in the day student lounge at mm-hmm. like 9 p.m. on a Saturday. And we, yeah, we asked it, but there were definitely spirits there with us. We asked it a bunch of questions. They got back to us. And, but the scariest part was at the, people kept being convinced that like someone was messing with it. Mm -hmm. So then we were like, let's start asking it questions that only one person in the group knows. (gasps) And we, and someone would be like, okay, like what was the name of the street that I lived on as a kid? And it fucking got them all right. Are you kidding? No. And I swear to God, like the amount that I was touching the thing was like my finger was barely grazing it. Like no one was pushing it around. It was one of the scariest, most amazing nights of my life. I have chills. Do you, 
do you do you need to be in a haunted place in order to use a Ouija board? Or is it just a you just are contacting the spirit realm so it could be like... I think the idea is that you contact whoever is near, like whoever's in that place. Like okay. I don't think you can just contact anyone anywhere. But I think we... So we were doing it in like the basement of one of the like old buildings on campus. So like it definitely had a lot of history to it. There definitely would be the possibility of spirits being around in that area. Um, and we, we contacted like two or three different people. Oh my God. It was fucking crazy. That's it was so super good. super scary. I, I really recommend it. it. Yeah. Can we order a Ouija board? Yes. What if, can we do it in an episode? No, no one would believe anything that was happening. Maybe that'll be, that could be some bonus content Ooh. for our, our Patreon. patrons. Patrons. That's what they're called. It's you're a patron for our Patreon. Patreon. Yes. Gotcha. Which we mentioned last week. Um, but yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate your support. We do. On the Patreon and otherwise. Yes. Throughout all of various forms of social media and other ways of contacting us. Uh, through sorry, a Ouija board. Through a Ouija board. Is that the end of, of the? That is oh, the end cool. of the story. Cool. Cool. Um, do you want to, do you want to do some badass bitches before sure. we get into your story? Yeah. So, my baddest bitch of the week, I'm shocked that I have not done her yet because she is one of my favorite human beings of all time, is uh, Tina Fey. Oh, I mean. I I could go into like full soliloquy mode. I won't about yeah, how much. Yeah, let's cancel the rest of this episode <laughs> and just talk about Tina Fey. Basically, I could, I could go on and on and on and on about how much 30 Rock means to me and how it's, I think it's the most brilliantly written show and of all time and it's I mean considering how much we talk about The Office and Buffy you would think that like mm -hmm. but for me 30 Rock actually takes the cake because I think it is truly the most synergized versions of like my sense of humor of like really the simultaneous like dry but then also fucking weird yeah. and like a lot of pop culture references did I say pop, pop culture I think I said pop culture mm -hmm. um, and the entire cast with Tina Fey and Jane Krakowski and Alec Baldwin and everyone is just so fucking hilarious. And it's so good. My favorite thing about that show is like when Tina Fey talks about it and like when she was gathering her creative team for that show, she was like, it's probably going to last a season. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. Like, I don't know why would people would watch it. I don't know why NBC wanted to pick it up, but like, let's just do it for a season and like have fun. And then it's like a fucking landmark TV show. It's really incredible. And actually there is a, there's a specific in her memoir, which is also amazing. And so it's, good. It's called uh, bossy pants. Bossy pants. Um, Cause Tina Fey just has to kill it across all mediums, mm -hmm. film, TV and books is, and now at Broadway musical mean girls, Oh my God, yeah. um, which I have yet to see, but I love the, the I, mean, I lo also love fucking love that movie so much. It's the most cliche thing to say, but it's in a perfect <laughs> film. Um, but yeah, she said that when she was, there was a specific episode is the black tie episode of season one where she basically was like, I'm pretty sure we're getting canceled. The ratings are not good. Mm -hmm. Let's not even worry about making a show that people will like. Let's just make the show that we want to make. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like, you can see that there's this like tipping point where it actually just becomes the show that it was meant to be. And it just is so fucking incredible. And yeah. I really just think that everything she does turns to gold. <laughs> I think she's yeah. so fucking funny and smart. And 
The 30 Rock is just one of those shows that I probably have seen all the way through over 10 times. And I just always return to it because it just brings me such joy and I fall asleep to it sometimes. And if I'm feeling down, I put that on as well as other shows like The Office and Parks and Rec, but it doesn't have the like uncomfortable factor. It like, doesn't mm-hmm. have the like awkward humor. I mean, it, it's awkward, but like, I don't know. It just is brings me so much joy. And I, I she's brought so much joy into my life through 30 yeah. Rock and Mean Girls and just so many other things. So, and um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is brilliant. And I, I just always am, can't wait to see what she does next. So yeah, she's a true talent, a true queen. Yes. Um, my bitch this week is a man. I'm sorry if that offends you. Uh, we haven't done a, a dude in a while. I know. Well, I don't know, like, if it's okay to do that. I mean, it's our podcast. Whatever. It's our podcast. But, like, I mean, the point of the dudes segment. Dudes are bitches, too. Right. It's the, I'm the point a of the huge this. bitch. I'm the biggest bitch of them all. You're very right. Uh, <laughs> the point of the segment is to highlight badass women, but, you know, we can throw a dude in there every once in a while. Because um, I want to talk about Tom Link. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, he's gay, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got. I mean, he's yeah. He's got to he, be. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. So speaking of shows that we love and Buffy again, Tom Lank. For those of you who don't know, which is probably most of you, um, was on Buffy. Has been in a lot of other things since then, but he was kind of a main character in season seven and kind of a recurring character in early, earlier seasons. But just one of like the funniest. I think one of the funniest parts about Buffy, which isn't like mm-hmm. a super hilarious show. Well, not in those later seasons. No, it, in a, in a very dark season, he brought some very necessary com- comic relief. Um, but he was also in like cabin in the woods and mm-hmm. probably a bunch of other stuff. I don't have in front of me. Um, That's what but, IMDB is for. Right now though. Oh, and he was on transparent Oh, real nice. quick. Anyway, but now the reason why I love him so much more is because of his Instagram presence. Um, he's Tommy Lank on Instagram, but he does this series called, I think it's the Lank Look for Less. Mm-hmm. And basically he just re- recreates like <laughs> celebrity photos from like red carpets and different photo shoots and like some videos sometimes. And he makes, he remakes their entire outfit out of like, I don't know. I feel like it's usually like paper or trash mm-hmm. or like just shopping like random like- shit and like does and he has like wigs and he does the makeup and he recreates the poses and it's the funniest shit. It's so fucking good. Ever. It's yeah. so good. And he like it's still, somehow he still manages to like kind of look really fierce and mm-hmm. great, even though he's like in toilet paper yep. next next to like Tilda Swinton. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's so funny. And I feel like he started he started doing it like probably a few years ago now and just like keeps doing it all the time. And they're so well done. Um, so yeah, I just want to give him a shout out and yeah. you guys should follow him because it's hilariously funny. And his Instagram stories are really funny as well. Yeah, they're basically true. live grammed the entire Jesus Christ superstar performance, yes. singing along to every single word. It was yes. amazing. I following him on Instagram is one of the true joys in a dark, dark world. Yes. Uh, and the hardest thing in this world is to live in a grant. That is true. Sorry. I Did you get my reference or no? Oh, I do now. Sorry. There's I'm distracted because there's a fucking pigeon that wants to come <laughs> in and join this podcast. <laughs> I think it's gone. I mean, he'd probably be more coherent than we are. True. That is true. Probably would do more research. Mm-hmm. Um, is it time? I guess. I I'm nervous. We do a lot more banter. Whoa. 
as I knock the microphone over. So I realize there isn't, I, I feel like whenever I introduce what I'm doing, I like to like draw it out, like as if this, the case or the story I'm talking about, it's like a punchline, even though it's in the title of right. the episode. Yeah, there's no surprises here. No you surprise. know what we're doing. Um, so this week I am doing uh, Richard Chase, the Vampire of Sacramento. And I have feelings about this. I do too. So I, first of all, I'd like to say that this is uh, viewer discretion is advised. But for like this story. for real, I think truly for real. So a couple weeks ago, I did the satanic ritual murders and I was kind of like, mm, like, like really trying to preemptively explain like why I was talking about kind of these, these more gruesome stories. And that honestly, those are like child's play. In, oh, no. in comparison to what I'm about to t- talk to you about. However, I think it's a really like fascinating case and it's, it's, it, it also, I would like to say it has been done by other podcasts, but something I've realized is cause I had this kind of feeling like, Oh, like these stories have been done before. And I think especially as we talk about more well-known cases, like they're going to be other podcasts or of course, you know, YouTube channels or things that do these, you know, recaps and, but I think that the, the true, the truly like fascinating stories, like you're going to want to hear more and more about, like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like a while ago, I did the Diat Love Pass incident and I've watched probably like 45 separate YouTube videos about yeah. different. But they're all different. It's like hearing different people talk about it. There's yes. always going to be something new. Totally. And also I've become like recently, maybe because I had never heard of it before. And it was like apparently this like huge uh, trial was I'd never heard about the Jody Arias case until like oh very recently, and I cannot it's stop everywhere do, f- doing research about like listening to podcasts about it because it's, it's like crazy. I like listen to my favorite murder yeah. and Mother May I Sleep with podcast about the Lifetime movie. It's just like such a fucking crazy story. Yeah, check that out. She she was mm. she was something else. Mm-hmm. She was one crazy motherfucker. <laughs> Um, what but, I, do, what I want to say about this topic is as I've, I've told Grant before, like clearly we, we love vampire lore mm-hmm. and I have thought about doing a vampire so many times. And every time I go to do the research, I'm like, wow, none of this is fun. None of this is sexy. Like spike and angel are like, I, I honestly have been too squeamish to do it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm excited for you to talk about this. Well, thank you. So yeah, as not to beat a dead horse, um, this story is rather gruesome and contains some facts that are not for the lighthearted. And especially, so if, basically, if you, if you feel like you don't like hearing shit like that, I would maybe fast forward to the bitch blood sesh. thing. This yeah. maybe isn't the episode for you. Um, so also, just like that being said, I also went to the Satanic Ritual Murders episode. I'm going to get to the story, I promise. Um, I made like I was like very like grandstanding about like it's important to say like all the the gory details because like these people like went through it and like we should know like how they suffered and doing this research I'm actually admitting quite a a lot because I was so repulsed by reading it I just like didn't feel like it was necessary to say out loud so if this story really like excites you you should seek help and um, there's plenty more information on the internet. Um, a lot of this, what I took is from Wikipedia and Murderpedia, which I didn't realize was a website. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm, will now only be looking at that as yeah. I fall asleep. Um, just like a little bit of that, a little bit of 30 rock, um, mm-hmm. you know, good dreams, sleep dreams. Cool. All right. Enough bullshitting grant. 
let's talk about Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento. Also, I just like to say, (laughs) are you kidding? (laughs) No, I could listen to people talk about cities in California for hours. Mm, I actually know what you mean. There's something about, and I think this is from having just read, um, Michelle McNamara's I'll Be Gone in the Dark and obviously being a big fan of My Favorite Murder where both the hosts, Karen and Georgia, are from California. Mm-hmm. People, like, hearing, like, talk about, like, like the hills, the hillsides and the valleys and, like, Goleta and Citrus Heights and Irvine and Sacramento and Petaluma. I'm just, like, I can't, like, something about it. It's There's just something like, super, like, glamorous and romantic about it. And I think that partially has to do with the fact that we are East Coasters and have never yeah. lived in California. And there are probably people who are like, yeah, Sacramento is like a garbage pit. Yeah. But like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just for some reason, like... I feel the same. Doing research about California, I just like find it so fascinating and like soothing and weird. So enough bullshitting, Grant. So Richard Chase was born in uh, May of 1950 and was raised in Santa Clara, California by very abusive parents. So... Starts off I mean, not what else really great. No. Um, by the, it comes to murderers. Sorry. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, by the age of 10, he exhibited evidence of the McDonald triad, which is mm-hmm. bedwetting, mm-hmm. arson, and cruelty to animals, um, which is seen by some as possible indicators for future violent tendencies. So if you do those three things or you know someone who does, um, you might have a serial killer Sorry. in your midst. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, in his adolescence, he was known as an alcoholic and a tr- chronic drug abuser. All right. Um, so, checking not, off all the boxes so far. Yeah, really did not start off that great. Um, in high school, he had a handful of girlfriends, none of whom he was able to maintain a steady relationship with, partially due to his inability to achieve or maintain an erection. Mm. And because of the inability to become aroused in the presence of females. Because also, I mean, he's not like... A, I mean, by by the time he's arrested, he was pretty frightening looking, but he was not like that bad of looking dude. Mm. Like I feel like there were, from the research I've done, it seems like it was kind of like, I don't know why it matters that he, he couldn't keep a girlfriend, but it's like, it's almost like he could have lived a normal life if there weren't these extending circumstances of being like horribly he, abused. And Do you think he was maybe not attracted to women? Well, the the issue, and I don't know whether this stems from his abuse or his event eventual um, mental health problems was that he could only achieve arousal and orgasm through um, killing animals. Okay. Yeah. So not one of the, not one of the traditional uh, boxes on Tinder, but what are you going to do? No. So I don't know if it was a kind of thing. And this has been something that's been talked about. If, if, I think in a lot of kind of true crime circles is that if you, if it, if violence is what you know, then like if, if you, if you are inflicted to, you know, horrible acts of violence as a child, you start to kind of confuse pain and pleasure. Yeah. Especially if you're seeing, if, if you're being abused by someone who like you see get like getting pleasure from that pain and it's, it's horrible. It's just, it's disgusting. Right. But it doesn't seem like he maybe had that much of a chance. No. Well, it's, it's, I also really don't want to justify his actions because it's, it's it's very complicated, but all I know is that he started killing animals and got some boners. And, and he had abusive parents, so... And he could not risk get those same boners from women. But yeah, who, uh, yeah who, who's to, who is to say? So here's where shit gets 
a little funky. Uh, he, uh, Richard developed hypochondria as he matured. He often complained that his heart would occasionally stop beating or that someone had stolen his pulmonary artery as uh-huh. one does. Okay. Um, <laughs> he would often hold oranges to his head, uh, believing that the vitamin C would be absorbed by his brain. <laughs> That's not how that works. No, Richard. Uh, he also believed that his cranial bones had become separated and were moving around. So he shaved his head. So he would be able to watch this activity occurring. This is just, I mean, this is just someone who's really mentally ill. He's really, that's, and I don't know. I, I don't, I actually really don't know why I chose this story because I'm, I also was definitely the one who was like, when it turns out that these people just have like paranoid schizophrenia, which mm-hmm. spoiler alert, he does. It's, it's just a real fucking bummer when you're like, they just needed help. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be like the most fun topic we've ever No, maybe discussed. I'll just keep reading it in like a, like a lighthearted tone. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, so eventually he uh, moved out of his mother's house because he was convinced she was trying to poison him. Classic. Right. And he rented an apartment with some friends. However. The, what friends? I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Well, his friends didn't last for long because they complained that he was constantly high on alcohol, marijuana, and LSD. Also, not really great if your no. brain is already going to Swiss cheese is to take LSD. Uh-huh. And he also would apparently often walk around the apartment while, while nu- naked. Yeah. Even if there were, his roommates were having company over. Oh, that's nice. You imagine if you're like settling in for a nice like movie night, just like some popcorn and some, some wine coolers. And then it's like, oh, there's our roommate, <laughs> there's Ricky. Penis. Like, yeah. Um, and apparently got so, like his behavior got so bad that his roommates demanded that he move, move out. Um, but then when he, refused to the roommates moved out instead which i think is wow. so fucking funny like, can you like it's that bad <laughs> things that are like, real bad yeah, they're like you need to get the fuck out and when he doesn't they're like well then we need to because you are <laughs> fucking losing it was he like sleeping by like hanging his feet from the ceiling in, in a bat costume or no yeah that's actually what i was about okay, to get to great um so once he was now alone in the apartment his behavior really began to spiral um, he began to capture, kill, and disembowel various animals, which he would sometimes devour raw, and he would sometimes... Mm, this, is, this is like low-key, one of the worst. Yeah, okay. He would mix the raw organs with Coca-Cola in a blender mm-hmm. and drink this sure. little smoothie. special smoothie. Yeah. The Richard Chase smoothie. Okay, cool. Uh, Check he, out our blog for that recipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he... Uh, it apparently he believed by ingesting the creatures and their blood and organs, it would prevent his heart from shrinking. That's that's actually not how that works. No. Also, either. No. Okay. No, no, no. He also apparently thought like his blood was turning to powder. Ugh. So he, um, in 19, 1976, he was involuntarily committed to a mental institution um, upon being taken to the hospital after injecting rabbit's blood into his veins because oh he thought God. that this would turn his powdery blood into solid like well i mean he probably needed to be in that mental hospital yes and that's he should have been there and he should have stayed there and but that should have been the end of the story no it's not the end are we done yeah we're done thank you tune in next week um the staff at this hospital nicknamed him dracula because of his blood fixation very clever Mm -hmm. and while he was there he 
reportedly broke the necks of two birds he caught through the institution window and drank their blood. And also, this is sad, he extracted blood from therapy dogs with stolen syringes. Oh, okay. A, a He's person, a that's, fucking that's asshole. That's a bad person. A yeah. therapy dog? Like, that's the best dog. Holy, I know. <laughs> They're just on the clock. I always think about that whenever I see like a, a dog, like either a police dog or a therapy dog. And I'm just like, I'm like, I want to pet them, but it's like, I know that they're working and they need to focus. <laughs> I don't want to bother them. They're working. <laughs> uh, but also it's like, at least he didn't kill the dogs, but, I guess. but it's just also weird to think like how loosely monitored was this hospital? Yeah, He's like running around with stolen syringes, like stabbing dogs. <laughs> like, Killing birds. Like, you fucking dick. Okay. Um, so Richard was promptly diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Shocker. Uh-huh. Um, but after undergoing a number of treatments involving psych- psychotropic drugs, he was deemed no longer a danger to society. Oh, he was all better. Yeah, totally fine. Great. And was it gets better because he was... Then released into his abusive mother's custody. Perfect. Who eventually weaned him off his medication mm-hmm. and got him his own apartment. Yeah, he doesn't need that. Why would he need the medication? No. Yeah, PSA. If you... Mental health is important. Mm-hmm. And if you need to take medicine for your mental health, that is okay. That is more than okay. I think more people should probably be on fucking medication. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're, you are taking blood from therapy dogs. Yes. I would, I would recommend yes. some kind of pill. Yes, or... Something. At least like a multivitamin. Ugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was very dismissive yeah. to people who take mental health medication. Or this is very dismissive to people who take multivitamins. <laughs> um, no, he, it. I honestly like. I feel like a lot of this comes down to like his stupid fucking mother, who who first was yeah. horribly abusive, and then obviously was in some fucking denial and was like, "No, he's fine." Like. As the doctors are like, no, he he has schizophrenia. Like, he needs to be on his medication. But then, like, why would they release him back into his mother's care? It was the 70s. I don't, as I've said before, I'll say again, we don't know how to handle mental health issues in this country. Um, Yeah, they were probably doing, like, shock therapy on him and being like, now he's good. Oh, uh, totally. Okay, great. Um, Around this time, uh, he developed an obsession with firearms and purchased several handguns. Because not much apparently has changed since the late 70s and that you could be very mentally ill and still get a handgun. That's great. Um, He also became fascinated by the crimes of the Hillside Strangler. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to give away this this good part, but I will anyways. Um, He believed that the Strangler, or it was actually Stranglers, were the victims of a Nazi UFO conspiracy. Oh, of course. That he believed that he was also a victim of. But more on that later. Okay. Oh, wow. I mean, I didn't know what UFOs were going to be brought into this vampire story yet. Oh, yeah. yeah vamp- we've got vampires. We've got Nazis. Oh, we've yes. got therapy dogs. We've got... <laughs> really checking off every single box. And I haven't even gotten to the murder yet. Naturally, he's living alone in his own apartment, unmedicated, really spiraling into a descent of badness. Um, he began neglecting his personal hygiene, such as bathing, grooming, and brushing his teeth. He also stopped eating and dropped to a very meager weight of 145 pounds. And he was like, he was mm-hmm. a tall dude. So he was, he. if you look up photos of him, he was like a skeleton mm-hmm. and like sunken face and like, ugh. Cool. Um, <laughs> one day in 1977, he 
uh, rang his mother's doorbell and greeted her by thrusting a dead cat in her face. <laughs> he then threw the cat to the ground, knelt down, ripped its stomach open with his bare hands, and began smearing all of its blood over his face while screaming. I what did his mother do? We're singing telegram. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Um, <laughs> what did she do? I'm sorry. She calmly returned inside the house and did not report the incident. To okay. Anyone. So I really actually, especially rereading this, I take a lot of umbrage with his mother. Who mm-hmm. knows what her name was? Probably like Dolores. Phyllis. Phyllis. Oh, mm-hmm. Alice. <laughs> On August 3rd, 1977, Nevada State Police discovered Chase's Ford Ranchero, apparently he had a, a car, lodged in a sand drift near Pyramid Lake. Why Why does this man have his own apartment and his own car and I like can't <laughs> even buy coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. Uh, inside the car were two rifles, a pile of clothes, a bucket full of blood. I mean, they say you should have at least two to three buckets in your car at all Oh, time, yeah, so duh, full of blood. That's not weird. Um, the officers then tracked down Chase, who they found... Naked, screaming in the sand, and soaked from head to toe in blood. Uh, his own, or we don't know? No. Well, when questioned, he claimed that the blood was his own, uh-huh. and that it leaked out of him through his flesh. Okay, so again, that's actually not how that works. Nope, not how it works, and the blood was actually on him, as well as in the bucket in his car, where um, mm-hmm. it was determined to be cow's blood. Okay. Okay, cool. Yep, go on. Basically, the, the point of all these little anecdotes is that there are plenty of opportunities for right. people to intervene and be like, I was going to say, like, why is this man just continuing his life by himself? Because it was the, I guess the yeah. fucking 70s, like no one gave a shit. And like, because he hadn't killed anyone yet, they were like, uh, right. Uh, He's just expressing himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just actually, this is all just a part of um, an elaborate performance art piece. Right. Coming soon to a theater near you. Now we're getting into Christmas time of 1977, where Richard goes into full on berserker mode. So Mm -hmm. as I mentioned, he had an obsession with firearms or developed an obsession with firearms and he purchases a 22 handgun and decides to kind of roam around Sacramento, just firing it into people's homes. Merry Christmas. Um, the, (laughs) the, the first, uh, or known shooting was he fired it into an empty home uh, where the woman who lived there ended up finding this lug in her kitchen, but no one was harmed. And I guess nothing, again, nothing was done. Okay. Um, but then two days later on December 29th, 1977, Chase killed his first known victim in a drive-by shooting. The victim named Ambrose Griffin was a 51 year old engineer and father of two. Oh, he was killed while helping his wife bring groceries into their home. Like, so like he literally he, he, like, Totally random, just like saw, like drove by, saw this dude, shot him, killed him. That's the, that's the worst type of murder. I hate I that so much. It could happen to you. It could happen to anyone. It could happen at any time for no reason. Yeah. And his wife just thought like he had a heart attack because he just like dropped to the ground. Oh my God. But it obviously was determined that he was killed by Chase with the same twenty-two caliber gun that was used to fire into the Sacramento woman's home um, a few days before. It's interesting. I feel like this is probably going to change maybe, but it's interesting to me that someone who was like obsessed with killing animals from a young age and like kills them with his bare hands, like rips out their body parts, like whatever he does would then be, have such an affinity for shooting because that's such, such like, he seems like much a more, a more, he seems like such a personal killer. Well, the thing is, I think that in his, I, I mean, I, I can't, obviously I'm not a psychologist. So I can't like really. Oh, you're not? No. <laughs> um, 
I can't really say some of his motives. However, it seems like the and and all of his victims were killed with guns. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, that is actually the only consolation is that none of his victims suffered. I mean, okay. Well, to like no one was mm. tortured while alive. It was all okay. very quick, clean, clean shots. Um, and then stuff happened after. Yes. Okay. Which I will. I'm about to get into. Can't wait. Um. So it seems like I don't think he saw them as people. I think it was yeah. truly. It was I think it was almost kind of like he was hunting. It was like animals, yeah. and he was trying to get. He really just need. It was a means to an end. He just needed to get their blood and their organs so that he could keep his heart from shrinking and his blood from turning to powder. Um, so it, okay. it, it was kind of just like the quickest right. means to an end. See how long I can drag out the story. No, I mean, I'm, I'm interrupting you literally every 30 seconds. So I mean, I'm it's very it's, sorry. <laughs> it's a very, I mean, I think it's an interesting story. Oh, totally. But back to it. Um, he began, so after the, his first murder, he began canvassing houses, looking for victims and committing burglaries. He was once caught and chased off by a couple who returned home as he was ransacking their belongings. Um, luckily, no one was hurt in that encounter. Although after he, they, he ran away, the couple found that he had urinated and defecated on their infant child's bed and clothing. Oh, my God. Like, what a nasty guy. Um, he then attempted to enter the home of a woman two weeks after the murder of Ambrose Griffin, but because her doors were locked, he walked away. He later told detectives that he took locked doors as a sign that he was not welcome, but unlocked doors were an invitation to come inside. Oh my God. Lock your doors. Like, honestly, that is, I think one of the the, the scariest thing about this whole story is that like, he was just roaming around and like, he was like this tall, thin, like freaky looking dude who like hadn't bathed, like unbathed, probably sometimes like had blood on him. He was just Uh like walking around trying doors. That, I hate that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not, it's actually not an invitation for you to come in, just so you know. No. But lock your doors. Okay. Now it's going to get bad. On January 23rd, 1978, Chase broke into the house of Teresa Wallen, who had left her door unlocked while she was taking out the trash. Oh my God. So like for a second. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like totally. I mean, you could never, mm. you, could, you just could never. He then shot her. He shot Teresa, who was three months pregnant at the time. No. Three times, uh, once in the hand and twice in the head, killing her. He then proceeded to rape her corpse while simultaneously stabbing her with a butcher knife. Oh. oh. At the same time? Apparently. Okay. That seemed to be a uh, recurring theme in his killings. I also would like to say that the number of times when I was researching this that would talked about, like, saying, like, he then would have sexual intercourse with the with the corpse. I'm like, even, mm-hmm. nope, that's still called rape, mm-hmm. even if that person is dead. Because mm-hmm. they yeah. are not consenting to that, nor to be stabbed. Okay, yeah. I'm so glad we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Aren't you? Keep going. Um, once he had finished, yeah. he continued to carve her open, removing several of her internal organs, and using a bucket to collect the blood and took it into the bathroom so he could bathe in it. Oh my god. <gasps> okay. Um sorry, I'm I, No, I mean like I don't really know what to say. I'm there's like, there's nothing oh to say. Uh I'm I'm literally I'm skimming because I'm trying not to even read some of these things. Uh Great. When they eventually found her body, there was an empty yogurt container nearby and it was believed that that was used as <gasps> a glass. Uh, 
to drink her blood. Oh my God. I thought you were going to say he, he like mixed it in. Ew. <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> That's the gross part. I we were going to be like yogurt, granola, and just a <laughs> pinch of organ. <laughs> oh, if this is your first episode listening. Um, we're not laughing at no. this, these gruesome crimes. We are laughing because what else can we do? What else can you do? Literally, what else can you do? And because I just made that disgusting yes. assumption. You okay. are vile. Um, Sorry, before leaving, he went into the yard, found a pile of dog feces, and returned to stuff it in her mouth. And oh, thought. like what? Just to add insult to injury, apparently. Like, I mean, he was not, like, he, mm, he was truly out out of to mind, totally yeah. out of his mind. Yeah, okay. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I really don't think that he like. There are some really sick, perverted murderers out there who know what they're doing and are inflicting pain because they like it. And I don't think that he's one of those people. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. It, she was. It's interesting that all of his victims were already dead, so he's not yes. getting pleasure out of seeing them in pain. No, 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 no. It's actually, I think that he he believed that he needed to do these things in order yeah. to save himself. <sighs> um. Dun 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 dun. On January 27th, just four days after the murder of Teresa Wallen. Oh, he he wasn't full? No. Okay. Uh, He entered the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Miroth, who was babysitting her 22-month-old nephew, David. Um, As well, um, also was in the home was Evelyn's six-year-old son, Jason, as well as Dan Meredith, a neighbor who had come over to help her watch the the two boys. Uh Um, Evelyn was in the bath while Dan was watching the children. Uh, Dan went into the front hallway just as Chase entered the home and he was shot point at point blank range with Chase's 22 handgun and he was killed instantly. God, I'm having a really hard, I'm having a hard time. I No, I mean, I get it. Um, after he was dead, um, Jason ran into his mother's bedroom where uh, Richard fatally shot him twice in the head. The kid? Yes, and then also shot um on his way before killing Evelyn killed um the David. baby yeah why why like what was just let it be there I don't uh, okay I don't know uh he then entered the bathroom and fatally shot Evelyn once in the head and then dragged her corpse onto the bed where uh, he raped sodomized and drank her blood uh-huh. that's the end of the murders oh that's actually where it ends okay so everyone, again, punching the microphone, we can breathe a sigh of relief. So he, so he, so he killed six people in total. He killed six people. Correct. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not good. No, it but it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. And if you want it to be a lot worse, you can check out more of the details of the crimes. Okay, great. Uh, while he was committing the, this second set of, of murders, a visitor's knock on the door startled him who um, he ended up uh, fleeing in Dan Meredith's car, taking uh, David, the baby's body with him. You don't need that. You don't get to have that. You do not get to have that, but he decided he did. And he took him home to commit more vile acts of cannibalism (gasps) with the body. I guess I wasn't done. Yeah. (laughs) Liar. Um, The visitor alerted a neighbor who called the police and they discovered that Chase had left a perfect handprints and shoe imprints in Evelyn's blood. That's interesting because you know who also left a perfect handprint? Jody Arias. Oh. Dumb, 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 dumb Jody Arias tried to pass it off that she was like, she was like, I wasn't there. And they were like, 
bitch your, your literal whole hand your whole hand like she like like somewhere referred to as like she high-fived the wall <laughs> like so oh stupid oh my god but that also says that this guy was not being careful he was no. not like an experienced murderer he was just like he he didn't have anything on the mind besides getting what he needed to allegedly survive yes okay um so after the series of murders um the fbi was called um, specifically the agents Russ Vorpagel and Robert Ressler were called in to investigate. Like, I can't tell you how much this sounds like an episode of the X-Files. Like Mulder oh, and really? Scully would be called oh, yeah. in on this case for sure. Oh, totally. Um, they compiled a profile of the killer and they determined that he would be tall, malnourished, a loner, physically unclean, and more importantly, he would continue to kill. Wow. It's cr- it's it's like crazy how these sorts of investigators are able to that's amazing create these profiles like correctly um five days after the mass murder after hearing the the fbi profile um richard chase ran into one of his former uh high school classmates named i believe her name was nancy holden i didn't write it down but for some reason i remember that and he tried to get into her car but he was barefoot and covered in blood (laughs) and so she tipped off the police um she yeah she got a bad feeling uh-huh. Um and they the once the FBI was tipped off, they ran a background check on Chase where they discovered his registration of the 22 caliber semi-automatic pistol, which was obviously used in all the murders. They obtained a warrant and went to Chase's apartment um where they asked to speak with him. Naturally, Richard refused. So the police hid down the hallway and waited for him to leave, arresting him when he left the apartment carrying a blood-stained box. Um, what was in that? Inside were pieces of shredded blood-soaked wallpaper. Oh. As well as the blood-stained 22 with which he had committed the murders. Chase claimed that the bloody wallpaper and bloody gun were a result of him killing several dogs. Oh. Nope. Okay. Um, and when they uh, performed a search on him, they found that he was still carrying Dan Meredith's wallet, who he had taken um, from after murdering. Not smart, Richie. No, he didn't really cover his tracks well at all. Uh, especially because once they entered the apartment, they found the walls, floor, ceiling, refrigerator, and all of Chase's eating and drinking utensils soaked in blood. Oh, my it, like, God. It, it was like a true, like, everything was covered a blood in blood. Bath. A true, true bloodbath. Oh, my God. Um, on the counter was the blender Chase used to make his smoothies. <gasps> Just a little Jamba Juice. Um, which was caked in coagulated blood and rotting matter of internal organs. <laughs> In, just imagine walking into that crime scene. I, it's or don't a true fucking nightmare. You? Well, and that's like this is the kind of case where no amount of police training no. could ever prepare you for what they saw. Because this isn't human. Nothing about this is what a human no should be capable of. No, not in the least. Um, inside the refrigerator in his apartment, they found animal body parts as well as wrapped in saran wrap and Tupperware some internal organs from Teresa Evelyn and the brain matter of David. God. Anywho, in 1979, Chase stood trial on six counts of murder. In order to avoid the death penalty, the defense tried to have him found guilty on second-degree murder, which would result in a life sentence. Their case hinged on Chase's history of mental illness and the suggestion that his crimes were not premeditated, which I think you could argue both ways because I don't think that he... I mean, he was mentally ill for sure. But I think that it's not, you know, like 
not to bring it back to Jodi Arias, but <laughs> when, when she killed Travis Alexander, you know, she, she had been, you know, stalking him mm-hmm. and obviously had that plan that, I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking to say someone's premeditated, like it's like, I feel like it's usually like truly planned where he, right. like, he just was truly just like walking around. Totally. But, I just feel like in this situation, it doesn't really make it that much better. Mm-mm. There, there's, there's no way for this to ever be better. Um, on May 8th, 1979, the jury found Chase guilty of six counts of first degree murder. Um, thus rejecting the argument that he was not guilty by reason of insanity. As a result, he was sentenced to die in the gas chamber, which I didn't even realize was still a way of killing someone in the 70s. Um, His fellow inmates, aware of his graphic and bizarre nature in terms of his crimes, were very, apparently very, simultaneously very scared of him, but then also would taunt him and try to persuade him to commit suicide. Um, He, uh, Richard Chase granted a series of interviews with Robert Ressler, who I mentioned before, one of the Mulder Scully types. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually um, Ressler is the FBI agent who is often credited with coining the term serial killer. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. During these interviews, he spoke of his fears of Nazis and UFOs, claiming that although he had killed, it was not his fault because he had been forced to kill to keep himself alive, um, which he believed any person would do. He asked Ressler to give him access to a radar gun with which he could apprehend the Nazi UFOs. Oh, so it was, it was Nazis and the Nazis were controlling the UFOs. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hoped that with this radar radar gun, the Nazis could eventually, they could capture them and they could stand trial for the murders because it was their fault. Oh, it's their fault. Yeah. Um, he also at one point handed Ressler a large amount of macaroni and cheese, oh. which he'd been hoarding in his pants pockets believing that the prison officials were in league with the Nazis and were attempting to kill him with poison food. I mean, pockets full of mac and cheese is the worst part of this whole yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, worse than some blood yogurt is some fucking pocket macaroni and cheese. I just want to know, what, like, was it, like, Annie's mac and cheese? I mean, it's was it definitely wasn't, was it, it was definitely not Annie's. It was a prison. True. <laughs> um, whenever I put mac and cheese in my pockets, it's usually Annie's. Of course, yeah, you know. Um... And on December 26th, 1980, Chase was found dead in his cell from a suicidal overdose of prescribed antidepressants that he had saved up over several weeks. He was 30 years old. By 30? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. It's like you kind of forget or you don't really think about how actually how young he was. That's crazy. When he committed these horrific murders. Um... So, yeah, that's the story of Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento. That was fun. Yeah. I also have to say, I, I I, don't really like that he's been given that, like, fun nickname because he's not a vampire. He's a monstrous no. human. And, like, calling him that, I didn't, I, I guess I have heard this story before, but I didn't, I didn't remember it. And I think, like, the term vampire seems because it's so popular in pop culture seems so much less bad than what he actually was, which was a brutal killer Mm -hmm. and like just an insane. Yeah. uh, It's, I think, yeah, that, yeah, it's it's kind of like a false leak. Cause think like, Oh, it's, but I also like, what do you expect when you hear about someone being a vampire? Like, yeah. Like hate to break it to you. Vampires don't exist. So someone's being dubbed a vampire. They're probably out sucking blood. I just think the difference might be that in some cases, because I think that there are 
instances where the victims are willing and like they actually, mm-hmm. there is kind of a, I feel like a subculture or I definitely have seen it on like an episode of criminal minds mm-hmm. that there's a subculture of, of people who get off on drinking other people's blood, but from yeah. consenting participants, which like you do you, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess I just feel like they're giving vampires a bad rap, but I mm-hmm. also understand that the vampires that I know and love from my favorite TV shows are not real as much as I'd like them to be. I so know. yeah, this um, guy sucked. He really, really. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't. You. Yeah. You're welcome. I guess. I don't know how to, there isn't really a great way to segue out of that into our kind of mundane complaints. Which is the problem we always have on this podcast is like, we talk about the most horrendous things that happen to people and then we're like let me tell you about my flight yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i and i acknowledge this one is probably this will probably be the worst one we ever do yeah i it's our brand yeah i just sometimes you gotta you gotta dig into the depths of to the true bowels of hell in order to i don't know yeah oh yeah i don't i don't have a justification for why i chose this but i hope you enjoyed it yeah well, I mean, I guess we want to end on something a little more lighthearted. Yes. So. Would you like to complain about something? Yes, I would. Um, I feel like we haven't even done that many episodes, and I feel like I'm already at a place where I'm like, did I complain about this already? Oh, yeah. But I think I think that I've mentioned this, but I in a larger complaint about public transit, but I just want to really spotlight it, which is eating on public transportation. Oh. And, and like the subway specifically as as I've talked about so many times on this podcast, it's something I hate with every fiber of my being. But, you know, the subway is also very helpful. Regardless, I was on the subway the other night, actually on the way back from your thesis performance. So it was like 10 p.m. Yeah, I was going to say, it was kind of late at kind night. Kind of late. But the subway was very busy. And I was, I had a seat, which is always nice. But and like a man sat down next to me, he's probably like in his fifties and he, he was carrying like a, a home, like a from home container of food. Oh. And I, I'm not sure what it was, but it was mayo based. Like it could have oh. like, like a coleslaw, like a, like a, maybe like a, like a Mac salad or like oh. maybe even like a tuna salad. Okay. And he, he just had a fork and a, and a container and he was just eating it from his seat which was directly next to me. Cause you know how, like when you, when, and it was one of the trains that has the like individualized little mm-hmm. butt areas. So there you're, the person is very close to you. Yes. Um, he proceeds to, to drop a piece of whatever, whatever it is he's eating onto the seat that he's sitting on in between his legs. And does he pick it up and put it in his mouth? Shut up. Yes, he does. Are you? Nope. I'm not joking. That is grosser than anything I just said about Richard Chase. That's he, disgusting. I literally couldn't look at him for the rest of the ride. And it was a long ride. I would have moved. I would have gotten up. And I, was, I was like, what could you possibly be eating that this was worth it to you? Because anything that has that much mayo in it, it was not worth it. And I will also say there was another time I was on public transit when I watched a man eat a half of a lobster. <laughs> I'm, I wish I were kidding. It's a little subway surf and turf. Just like a quick little like dip in my butter, like crack in the shell. Oh my On God. the subway. 
I've seen some like Subway sushi before, which is pretty bad. <clears throat> yeah. Um, no. So I just oh. don't think like maybe like maybe if you need like a bite of a granola bar or you're like sipping on an iced coffee, fine. There are very few foods that are okay for you to be eating on the subway. Oh my God. Like the things that happen on the subway, the smells, the tastes, the not tastes, the feels, <laughs> the, I could go on. Well, especially the fucking like the seats in the like on the subway it's not like a hygienic place you I, don't it's the least hygienic of. place i feel sick yeah so yeah i, just, I mean because like again we didn't feel sick enough after the story so i just wanted to leave you with that. yeah well my complaint of the week is we, we talked a few weeks back about our various disdains of our names correct mm, yeah so this is I guess like an addendum onto that is I really don't like when people overuse my or any, anyone's name in a conversation. It's weird. Like if you were having, it'd be like if we're sitting here and I would be like, so Bailey, can you just talk about like the time that you're on that subway? And Oh, but Bailey, like, and, and Bailey, but Bailey. <laughs> and you're like, yep, I'm like, right I'm here. the only one here. <laughs> I know that you're talking to me. It's a very like, it. I think it kind of comes off as condescending. It's like a very like yeah. teacher thing to do or like a mom thing to do when you're a baby. Yeah, it's very weird. And I, I think if I felt differently about my name, I would feel differently about when this instance occurs. But it's always like, like <laughs> every time I hear it, I'm just like, <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> tiny stabs. Really, like, really, really like tiny. Like teeny, t- tiny, teeny, tiny, tiny, like, tiny little pencil stab. Uh... Okay. Well, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm. Me too. That was a lot. Um, as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention after I read Nicole's ghost story, you can email us your ghost stories at rwfpodcast at gmail and we might read them back. Yes, and we also accept messages via DM on Instagram or we Twitter. Everything. Um, you can find us on social media, also through the handle at rwfpodcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can support our Patreon. I was, I was like, oh. if you so wish to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll see you. Catch you next week. Yep. Bye, Bye bitches. bitches.